This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, everybody, uh, as always, hope you're uh, safe, sound, clean, all that stuff. That's the utmost importance here while we're all locked in. I appreciate you sticking with Locked On, Locked On Browns, your host here, Jeff Lloyd. Joining us this afternoon, we're going to sit down with Jordan Reed from the Draft Network, your local experts on the biggest stories, Cleveland Browns-wise, obviously NFL Draft-wise, here today for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Uh, first things first, Jordan, uh, how's the family, how the kids, are, how's everybody holding up, and obviously which is, you know, what is a difficult time here, and I'm sure none of this was in those baby books you and your wife read. <laughs> right. It is a bit of a different situation, Jeff, and you know, just dealing with the epidemic, we've had to make some adjustments, but everybody's good. Good. And look, that's what's important here. Um, and, you know, I remember talking with Jordan times in the past and it was, you know, was a family man. Then there was two little girls on the way. As you guys know, I essentially have Irish twins. So if anybody can be sympathetic to uh, the two female situation that Jordan's going through, obviously it's me. It's going to get better one day, bud. It's really going to get better. And then there'll be days where it's, <laughs> Somebody's going to be mad because you didn't make you made a decision, and then all three of them give it the eyes. Those get to be fun days, Jordan. I'm telling you right now, you're going to love those. That should be a book. That should be a little book I'm writing on right now. Um, with the Browns' movements and activity, obviously, you know Conklin and Hooper on the offensive side of the ball um, took care of one of the tackle issues they have here. Um, the class itself, it, it's. I don't know if there's enough superlatives you can actually throw at the class. I mean, because there's even guys. Um, whether it's Prince from Auburn or even Lucas Niang, who you know almost are like afterthoughts now because obviously didn't get to, uh, you know, do any part of you know whether it's the All Star games or any part of you know the combine. So guys that really just aren't even being mentioned right now because people don't know enough about him here. But just talk to me a little bit about this class, and then when we get into some guys that are probably you know hopefully fits at ten and ultimate scheme fits for Cleveland in this in this tackle group. Yeah, and I mean, it's led by the top four guys. Everybody knows what the top four are. And Jedrick Wills, uh, the big offensive tackle from Alabama, a guy that didn't get a lot of buzz coming into the year just because all the buzz was on the guy opposite of him and Alex Leatherwood, which is a guy I'm pretty sure you've heard of, but he ended up going mm-hmm. back to school. And, you know, come to find out that the guy opposite of him actually was the better player of the two. And I thought Jedrick was outstanding last year. And, you know, I always harp on this game. The Auburn game is the one wide spot was a breakout game for him. And he was just absolutely terrific in that game. Very sturdy as a blocker, a very fluid as a pass protector, always stays poised. He never panics. And I only, I believe he only gave up one sack last year, which is just phenomenal. So uh, kudos to him. He was terrific last year. And I think he's going to be a bona fide top 10 pick. I would be surprised if he does make it out of that area. But the guy that caught a lot of buzz this year was Tristan Wirfs, uh, the big offensive tackle from Iowa. And it wasn't just the combine to where he was just absolutely terrific. I thought he played really well last year. And there was some buzz coming to the combine that he would have to kick inside to guard, which I just thought was silly just because of the tape that he put on and the display that he put on last year as a right tackle. He actually transitioned a couple games over to the left side when Alaric Jackson, who was the, the Hawkeye starting offensive tackle, he suffered a knee injury early on in the year, and Tristan Wirfs had to slide over to the left side. And, I mean, it was a seamless transition for him. So that just goes to speak about his athleticism. He absolutely crushed the combine. So everybody knows it's not just on the film where he looks supremely athletic. He backed it up at the combine as well. And he's another guy who wouldn't be surprised if the Giants take him at four. That would not surprise me at all. So we'll, we'll see where he does end up going. Uh, the next guy is the big offensive tackle from Louisville. 
Makai Becton, 6'7", 365 pounds, just a mammoth of an offensive tackle. A guy that's just an absolute bully in the trenches as far as a run game guy. Uh, he just he's a bone he's a bone crushing finisher. That's something that you notice about him, just nasty. And he's what I like to call a culture changer. And what I mean by a culture changer is that when you're thinking about somebody to build an offensive line around as far as their identity, you want Makai Becton to be that guy just because he's so nasty, he's so physical, and he plays through the echo of the whistle. And then the last guy, Andrew Thomas from Georgia. A guy that seems to kind of be the forgotten man of the top four just because I think a lot of people really got bored with his game. What I mean by bored is that he's been so solid throughout his career that there's really not a lot to talk about with him. And then you get some of these other guys that really are the newbies on the block with Beckton, Works, and Wills that you kind of forget about, you know, the, goal, the, the, the hot girl that's been there for a long time, but she's been at the school so long that you forget about them. And that's really what Andrew Thomas has been. Uh, throughout this pre-draft process and I think he's firmly in this first tier so that's the top four guys and you know I'm sure we're going to get into Niang and you know Prince Tegel will not go here in a second so I'll save those two. Um, now in talking about this here now what of this works I mean because this is even the thing you know everybody because Werf's tested like such a ridiculously good athlete which doesn't necessarily line up for most of the tackle pl- class there's folks who are like, well, nah, Andrew Thomas, it's not going to work. It's not like Andrew Thomas is, looks like a slouch in any way whatsoever. It's just that Wirfs was really good athletically. And like you said with Andrew Thomas, Andrew Thomas is one of those you sit and you watch, you know, two, three games, and you're like, all right, I've seen all I need to see. And, you know, maybe it's because, it, you know, you know, obviously he wasn't a senior, you know, uh, you know, so there wasn't any of those possibilities. And, you know, obviously Georgia's season, you know, didn't end in the playoffs like, you know, usually is common for these SEC schools. So he didn't get some of those buzz like some players did through playoff games. But it's just, you know, it's almost like, you know, like surgeon-like. It's like, all right, well, yeah, absolutely. He gets the job done. But I think people are downplaying what some of these guys are as athletes because worse tested damn near like a tight end. Right, right. And that's something that you see with a lot of fans, man. And you, they always want something to talk about. And then the guys that have appeal to them, that's really where fans really gravitate towards. And that's what you see with Tristan Works. I mean, running 485, jumping 36 and a half in the vert. Of course, you're going to talk about him. And Thomas's combine was completely fine. It just wasn't as outstanding as uh, Andrew, or excuse me, Makai Beckton or Tristan Works. And I think Jedrick Wills was another guy that got overshadowed as far as his combine performance, even though it wasn't such an outstanding performance like the other two. But both of them were fine in Wills and Thomas. Yeah, and that's one for me because everybody's still trying to bring up the, oh, well, if you can move a pick for Trent Williams. Any four of these guys could probably give you, and I know I'd say, look, Trent Williams, I'm not downplaying the fact that, you know, if he does go back and plays to the player he's been, talking about a potential Hall of Famer right now. But, you know, why you have a possible really solid piece here for the next at least five years of the first, you know, the length of the first contract. I, I don't know why you just wouldn't go for the guy a decade younger and just go ahead and, you know, take care of that hole and fill in some needs somewhere else here. There's always going to be the possibility um, of trade down, um, especially with a really, really deep tackle class. And even some guys out of that top four who may be better suited athletically for this wide zone scheme that Kevin Stefanski wants to run here that still go within the first round, maybe still, you know, whether it's, you know, 15 to 32, there's two or three more names they possibly can go there. Just a little bit more talk here on the group uh, and the depth of it. And if you could highlight guys like Niang and Prince, guys that, you know, essentially are going to go through this draft process unknown. 
Yeah, and then I would say they're firmly in that second tier. I think that second tier is probably led by Austin Jackson, who's another name, Josh Jones from Houston. Those are two other names that are firmly in that second tier after the top four. Uh, we're just talking about Lucas Niang. Go back and watch him in 2018 against Ohio State when he was going against Chase Young and Nick Bosa. I thought that was by far the best game in his career. But I think he's been a bit misguided in his draft process. It's been a little I don't want to say, I don't want to say shady. That's for lack of a better term. It's kind of been a little bit overshadowed just because of the hip injury. And 2019, you can tell he clearly wasn't himself just because his pass sets just look unorthodox. And you can tell he was fighting through so much pain that he was just out there just doing what he needed to do in order to survive. And he only played four games last year, but it was kind of disturbing to watch him out there. But he got the hip situation straight. And even though he didn't get to participate in the pre-draft process, there's a lot of excitement out there about him. But just go back and watch his 2018 tape. You're going to see a first-round type of prospect. And it wouldn't surprise me if he goes to the top of the second round just because I think a lot of teams are going to trust uh, his medicals as long as they're comfortable with him, taking him that early. So Niang, I think, is going to go a little bit earlier than what a lot of people are expecting just because of I think the 2018 tape was really him as opposed to 2019. Now, a reversing course to Prince Tegawanogo, a guy that I'm really excited about, another one that really suffered an injury through the pre-drive process. He's been dealing with a knee injury. And I've actually been keeping in contact with Prince. I'm really good friends with some of his representatives. So he was supposed to have a pro day on April 8th just because he was recovering from the knee injury. He didn't get to participate in the senior bowl either just because he got flagged at the senior bowl. So they wouldn't let him participate in practices. And, of course, not the game either. But he's a little bit rawer than some of the guys coming out. But he already has the pass protection standpoint down. And that's something that you notice about athletic offensive tackles drafted in the past. They're going to be drafted a little bit earlier than what we're accustomed to seeing. Andre Dillard was a prime example of it. And then Colton Miller a couple of years ago was a prime example of it. Teams are going to fall in love with these athletic offensive tackles. And there were a lot of people saying that he probably was going to run maybe in the four eights. A lot of people were really surprised, not surprised, they were excited about him, I should say, if he was able to run. But unfortunately, we weren't able to see that. But from a run game perspective, that's really where his struggles come. But the thing I always say with that is that NFL teams are always going to be in favor of guys that already have the pass protection standpoint down just because that's really the hardest part of coming into the NFL, dealing with these speed rushers, you know, speed to power transition. Prince Tegawanogo already has that down pat, but they feel as if they can teach him the run game aspect of it just because it's more technique and power. And they feel like they can add that part of his game into him. So I'm really excited to see where Prince goes. Uh, yeah, interesting. Now, of the names that are left here, and it's it's a deep group, you know, like we had mentioned here. Just give me one name that may go third round or maybe even early day three that that's going to surprise you from where he got drafted because you really believe the kid can play. And this happens with deep positional groups. Some guys just end up falling through the cracks. Yeah, there's actually quite a few. Uh, Matthew Perk from UConn, he's one guy I think is probably going to go a little bit earlier than what people are expecting. I think fourth round is probably a fair range for him. It wouldn't surprise me if he does end up going in the third just because he performs so well at the combine. Another one of these athletic offensive tackles that already have the pass protection standpoint down, but they just need some seasoning in the run game aspect of it. And that's exactly what he showed at UConn, a guy that was terrific on the left side. He was a four-year starter there for the Huskies. And then another guy that's a former ba- a basketball player, and that's something that you love to see with these athletic offensive tackles. And then another one, his name is Sadiq Charles from LSU a guy that has a ton of red flags. That's the biggest thing that you notice about his resume. But when you turn on the film about him, you see he's very athletic. He's very poised in his past set. He's always on balance, but he just needs to add strength. But like I said, he had a six-game suspension starting out this year. 
And of course, some scouts are already doing, I shouldn't say already, they've done some digging about that. Um, Ed Orgeron just came and said it was just a team-related thing. He didn't say exactly what happened, but I'm sure a lot of people have found out the real story about that. So I think he's going to go a little bit later just because of the red flags that he does have and then dealing with the suspension. It would surprise me if he goes in the fourth or fifth round range. I think that's fair for him. But he's a guy that I think if you probably redshirt him his first year, he maybe could be a starter for you in the second or third season. Uh, interesting name. And look, you know, sometimes when when you go in that day three range and you use the, you know, almost a redshirt term, it's kind of, well, you know, can you prove yourself to me as a person? You know, I like the player, but, you know, similar to the situation the Browns went through a couple of years with Des Harrison, which obviously did not favor anybody's situation that way. We're going to get to a little bit more here with Jordan, Jordan Reed on Locked on Browns. Uh, com. Jenna does a fantastic job. Um, look, small businesses, these are the ones that are struggling the most right now. Uh, Jenna's a friend. She does great work. Um, the, the girls over at That's What B said their podcast, the shirts come through her. Um, a lot of fun stuff. Appreciation for Cleveland and the teams. So you're looking for some gear. You're looking to support a small business in some way, some capacity. com. Go ahead and get on over it. We've got a... It's difficult here because now the Browns have actually, on defense, they've done a great job because through free agency at this point, they've added people to all layers, which is fantastic. And I don't think it's going to change any way they view the draft here because I don't think any of the names they brought in are so significant that you wouldn't continue to add here. But it's really interesting how, well, interesting, confusing, how they've handled this linebacker crew to this point. Um, Christian Kirksey obviously moved on from. Joe Schobert obviously moved on. Um, you bring in B.J. Goodson, who's a piece. He's part of a linebacking room. You, they're going to need somebody here. Luckily, they caught a break because these guys in Indy tested pretty well athletically. But whether it's 41 or whether it's 74, they're probably going to have to get a linebacker with one of those two picks, Jordan. What are some names we could possibly look at? Yeah, so I think some guys that are going to be in range, of course, let's just talk about the top three. Isaiah Simmons, Patrick Queen, and Kenneth Murray. They're gonna, they're probably not going to take a linebacker at 10 just because they need an offensive tackle. We pretty much know uh, it's probably a, a good bet that that's going to be the position at 10. But just talking about somebody that they, that they could take in the second or even the third round, Malik Harrison from Ohio State is a guy that definitely could go in that third-round range. I think it's fair to say he could go there. Really interesting story. He actually came into Ohio State as a quarterback and they flipped him over to the other side of the ball as a linebacker. And his instincts really show, and his movement skills tested really well at the combine. And I think his, his best days are really ahead of him just because he's only played linebacker for three seasons. But he came in into Ohio State. He was a starter right away. And I love the, the transitions that he's made and the progression that he's made during his time as the starter there. So I think his best ball is ahead of him. I would be comfortable taking him in the third round. Um, another name is Willie Gay Jr., uh, from Mississippi State, a, a guy that was just phenomenal at the combine. He actually ran 4.46, which is just incredible at his size of 6'2", 230-plus pounds. So I think he's another name that, that could go maybe in the second round just because of how well he tested. You're probably going to have to take him in the second just because we know with Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski with how analytically driven they are, he's a guy that's going to test really high for them. Now, he does come with a little bit of red flags. But prior to the bowl game last year, he had an incident with the team starting quarterback where they got into altercation, but he wasn't suspended for that game or anything. It's just something that is out there about him. So he does come with a little bit of he does come with a little bit of baggage, I should say, with that on his resume. Um, another name that I like uh, for the Browns is Akeem Davis Gaither from Appalachian State, uh, a guy that's been terrific throughout the pre-draft process, and even though he's had a foot injury, 
he had he had to have a couple screws inserted into it just because he had a stress fracture and he wasn't able to perform at the combine. That's really where he was flagged uh, for that injury. But down at the Senior Bowl, I thought he was fantastic, man. He was practice player of the week at the position, and I thought he was everything that he was built to be coming into the event. Uh, yeah, because they're going to have to get somebody. The thing with Harrison is at the size and the in the way he tested, you know, that certainly. You know, for me, I bought me in more. You know, you like the tape, and it's always difficult when you're seeing some of these predominant programs and you're watching d- defensive players because sometimes you get lured away to end up watching somebody else. Or, you know, there's just not the opportunity to make the impact there is, you know, similar to, like, say, Gaither at Appalachian State where it seemed like he was in on every hit. Uh, Gay, yeah, there was, you know, a, it was the incident before the ball game, which they didn't suspend him before, and there was something academic-related and – yeah academic related, you know, 95, 95% of the NFL is not going to care about that because you're never going to take a test again in your life. So that's not going to concern him that much, but yeah, I mean, he blew it away. Obviously, you know, also with gay, it's a little bit smaller sample size on film, but again, this is what puts these players in the second and third round range for you and allows you the access to get to them. Um, they're just going to have to get somebody in here. Um, you know, Mac Wilson, I think you're hoping for a better second season. I think he saw every bullet there was to be, seen as a rookie, even though their plan was never to play him that much. He ended up starting 14 games. Um, you still kind of have a rough piece um, in Taki Taki. You only had about 100 pure defensive snaps. Um, so, but, you know, you bring in the veteran Goodson here. Obviously, you're going to get in here, somebody that you have, you know, a high pick involved with, and you're going to go to work here and start to put a core here together. A little bit more coming here with Jordan Reed. We're going to get to the safety class here, dissect that a little bit. Jeff Lloyd, Jordan Reed here on Locked on Browns. Uh, Google Home or any hands-free device. If you're looking for Browns news, ask. Play play the latest Cleveland Browns news. Play me some Locked On Browns. Google Home, you get shorter segments, five-minute, one-minute, just me alone going through some factual stuff that's going on. Um, Piece up today about, obviously, how the NFL draft is not going to be moved in any way whatsoever, so I gave some thoughts there on that. Or play Locked On Browns. Ask your hands-free device. More of me in your life as we're trying to get through what is everybody's new norm. Now, Jordan, this safety class, and it's it's always funny because, you know, every year there's this consensus top 10 in September, and then it kind of gets chipped away from, and you lose a guy or two. Um, and the safety class applies to this one here. Um, now, it's now a question of whether it's Grant Elpit, whether it's Antoine Winfield Jr., or whether it's Xavier McKinney here. Who's actually considered the top safety of this class? Well, for me, it's McKinney. I like the versatility that he brings outside of the other guys, and that's not a knock against Winfield Jr. I think is incredible, but I just like a little bit more what McKinney brings to the table. I like his size a little bit better as well, being able to hold up and being a little bit more durable as well. That's been another knock against Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, during his sophomore season, uh, prior to his retro sophomore season. He's actually been at Minnesota for four years, so his year transgressions is a little bit weird. He actually had two years in between his freshman and his redshirt sophomore year where he suffered a hamstring injury and then another injury as well. So he's been banged up quite a bit. But I like McKinney as far as what he brings to the table. I think he's a little bit better in man coverage than Delpit and Winfield Jr. as well. And I just like the versatility that he brings as a blitzer, as a run defender. Go and watch him against LSU, man. That really was the game that exemplifies. That really was the stamp on his resume as far as the headliner game for him. I really like that about him. Grant Delpit, uh, there's been a lot of buzz about him as far as him being kind of a disappointment last year. The tackling is something that has carried along with him, but he was simply playing hurt last year. He had a really nasty high ankle sprain that really affected him throughout the year, and that's something that he talked about at the Combine. But 
I think with Del Pitt, you're probably going to have to play him on the roof for the most part. He has to play a free safety. I think that's where most of his 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 traits will shine for the most part. Uh, so I still do like Del Pitt, and I still think he's going to end up being a first round pick just because of what he showed prior to prior to last season. And I think he's probably going to get a mulligan a little bit from teams just because of the high ankle sprain, and they know exactly who he is prior to the 2019 season. Now, some other names I'll just run down the list here. Ashton Davis from Cal is another name that's getting some second and third round buzz out there about him. A guy that is your true single high uh, on the roof type of safety. He's terrific, man. Coming downhill and feeling and run fit. Story is incredible. He actually went to Cal as a track athlete and then walked on to the football team. So the game just means a little bit more to him, and I always love players like that. And he, he stayed hungry throughout the process. He wasn't able to perform at the senior bowl just because he had growing surgery. He wasn't able to perform at the combine either because he's still recovering from that. So Aston Davis is another name to keep an eye on. And then some, some small school guys, Kyle Duggar and Jeremy Chin, a guy, both guys that have got plenty of publicity throughout the throughout the pre-draft process. I think both of those guys are firmly going to be second-round picks. Both of them tested off the charts at the combine. So I think both of those guys definitely could be second-round picks. Uh, some other late-round guys that I think are worthy, Kavon Wallace from Clemson is another underrated name, uh, special teams captain, team captain as well. He was terrific when he was at Clemson. Terrell Burgess from Utah is a, a sleeper name that I think could go in the late second or early third round. He's played some slot corner. He's also played free safety during his time at Utah as well. And, you know, it's just becoming more and more of the trend here is because, you know, as these safeties get a little bit bigger and you start, you know, these guys start weighing it at 225, 230, you know, the case maybe, you know, Chin and Duggar is, you know, you start looking at them and saying, well, you know, if I don't have to keep another linebacker in situations and I can, you know, what am I giving up? Five pounds, maybe an inch in height, but what am I gaining right. in athleticism? Um, and you're starting to see this here in this big nickel, which is becoming, you know, almost the trend for everybody here. And, you know, there's obviously run situations, but, you know, for the most part now, you want as much athleticism and speed on the defensive side of the ball as possible. You want pass rushers and you want guys who can run, cover, and tackle. It's basically that simple now. Right, right. And that's something – it just depends on what type of flavor that you want with these safeties. And I keep saying that just because all of them are so different. You have your true versatile piece in Antoine Winfield Jr. that can be a blitzer. He can play on the roof. He can play strong safety. Then you have McKinney, who's really your short to intermediate area. That's really his neighborhood. You don't really want him on the roof just because he's not as fluid as some of the other guys. And then you have your true single high guy in Grant Delkin. So it just depends on what flavor you want. Yeah, definitely an interesting, interesting crew. Uh, Jordan, you got about what? You got a little bit less than a month here. Um, what's the Draft Network plans and for you guys as far as coverage? And it looks like, you know, nothing's going to change. So whatever your initial plans were, you can stick with um, – you know, NFL is going to be rocking what we all do now. They're going to be doing like Zoom and they're going to be doing like Uber conference right. and stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, we're still discussing some things, exactly what we're, what we're going to do as far as how we're going to handle coverage. That's probably going to be released here in the next week or so. So I definitely uh, make sure to get that out to you guys when we do uh, decide what exactly what we're going to do as far as myself, just turning out articles. But I also have my draft guide that's coming out April 13th. This is actually in my second year doing it. It is $10, but the great thing about it is that all the money from this project goes to a foundation called the Raleigh Rise Against Hunger Foundation. So as soon as you pay your $10, it goes exactly to that foundation. And then my draft guide will be around 350 pages this year. So you'll have plenty to digest during your time and lead up to the draft. Or if you want to have it in your lap during the draft, you want to read about some prospects. 
that your team does draft. That's something that will be available to you on April 13th. And it's it's always an outstanding tool, and it's it's always good to have because um, you know for the casual fan, when you get to day three, um, it gets difficult. So having something like Jordan's got here will be uh, obviously you know a huge asset. And for the cause here, I mean, look, this is one of the biggest issues with what's going on right now is, you know, in order for everybody to stay clean and everybody to stay fed, the stuff costs money. And without people being able to go to work, these people who are trying to assist in that way, it's crucial. It's beneficial. Um, I understand not everybody's got a lot right now, but if everybody could spare just a little, uh, it makes the whole situation uh, hopefully more tolerable and we can all get back to doing what we all like to do. And with some normalcy and not looking out the front door and saying, well, if we go for a walk right now, is anybody else out there right now? It's it's weird. We just got to find our way through here. But uh, everybody working together is going to be the key to all that. Jordan, do want to thank you. Um, guys, if you were not, make sure you check out everything over the Draft Network. Um, knowing all these guys individually and seeing the way this has all come together and knowing that, you know, every one of these guys had, you know, oh, wow, if we could put something like this together one day. And now they've all kind of found their way there. And it, they put out fantastic work. You know, you know, I love using the Draft Simulator. We do mock draft Mondays here. We talk about whoever puts out the latest mock from, obviously, you know, from the draft network. And um, whether it's, you know, Jordan and uh, Jonah and Kyle and Joe and Ben and Trevor, uh, obviously all part of the Lockdown family as well. So it's, you know, great talking ball with these guys and to see the success they've had from the hard work they've put towards it. It's absolutely just fantastic to see. Make sure you're following at J Reed NFL. Um, Jordan, anything before we close it off here or, you know, do you got to go, uh, is it nap time, almost nap time, lunchtime down there in the Reed house? It definitely is getting close to lunchtime. I can hear the girls in my ear right now, but you can find me on Twitter at J Reed NFL, <laughs> at J R E I P NFL. You can find my work on the draftnetwork.com, of course. And anybody on Twitter who knows he is not the former Washington Redskins tight end. <laughs> right. Actually, you may have a but you may have more of a future playing in the NFL than Jordan Reed does. Jordan Reed, the tight end, please <laughs> just just call it a career, man. It's right. anybody's been through too much, buddy. All right. Thanks for Jordan. Uh, everybody, thank you guys for listening here. As always, here this has been your daily delivery of all things dollar pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns. <laughs>